Hey there team, it's James here again, back with another one of our daily running podcasts. I'm loving getting into the swing of things with posting every single day and just kind of talking about various different running topics depending on what is on my mind. Holly and I are on the road at the moment. Um, We are taking a few days, heading down south for a couple of bits and then uh, spending the rest of the week pretty much in London before the running awards this Thursday. And um, I wanted to get, well, it's it's all based off the fact that I'm feeling a little bit introspective, feeling a bit reflective. And it started getting me thinking about how my thoughts have changed around running over the last few years. And um, I've been working with runners since really 2006, 2007. So quite some time now, one way or another. Kinetic Revolution, my business, only starting in 2010. And um, a, a lot's changed in terms of me as a coach in particular, me as a, a runner full stop. And I have uh, I've certainly changed my opinion on a number of things. And I wanted to pick a kind of top three, if you like. It's not really a top three, actually. It's more of three that sprung to mind that have uh, that have really changed both from a coaching perspective and from me as a runner. So let's start with the coaching perspective. So I used to, back in the early days, when I was less experienced, less, um, I've been around less as a coach, put it like that. And my background was more uh, from an academic point of view. And how I started working with runners was more from the sports medical point of view. So working as a sports rehab therapist, working out of a um, sports medicine practice in southwest London, uh, or more so West London, I was very much taking things from that view rather than from the the the, the view now where I can look back from a coaching perspective and, and think about the the experience of working with runners. So I was thinking more about rehabbing runners, injury prevention, all that sort of stuff. And running volume is obviously a big um, a big factor when it comes to injuries and people getting their training volumes wrong and ramping things up too fast, all those sorts of things. So I was very much in the mindset that, you know, what's the what's the minimum volume wise we can get away with to get a certain training outcome? And I would sort of trend towards more of the kind of the run less, run faster kind of programs in terms of, for example, marathon training. Um, and almost kind of looking to those sorts of principles when it comes to for want of a better term, hacks, if you like, to 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 kind of get the outcome you're after without having to put the miles in, without maybe without having to put the hard work in, which now as a coach, I better understand with, you know, 10 years plus of hindsight that actually you've there are no hacks. You've got to put the hard work in. And there's only only one way. There are many different ways to get the job done, but they all involve hard work. Um, now that said when it comes to talking about things like kind of run less, run faster, things like First Institute, those sorts of sorts of programs, um, there are programs out there that people do get on very well with, which do have quite low volumes in terms of weekly mileage in. Perhaps you're only running three times a week and uh, the, the sessions are all pretty intense. Now, they work as well for some people, but in my experience, they only really work well with people who are also doing a decent amount of cross-training, so getting their aerobic base work done um, in non-running means. They're still, it's still important you get the, the miles in for the long run. You still need to build that, uh, that resilience in the legs. Uh, there's no kind of way around that. And another instance where people, again, get on well with these perhaps lower volume programs is if they already have a good aerobic base, a good endurance base already built. So perhaps 
They are training for a marathon, yet they have got years of perhaps long course triathlon in their in their system. Um, so really, when it comes to training for them for a marathon for them, it's more so a case of just building up those long runs to a point where they they need to from a, a preparation standpoint to be able to run 26.2 miles at a, a steady pace uh, or consistent pace rather and um, and then sharpening on top of what already is a solid aerobic engine but for the majority of runners uh, looking at something like you know a program where you're running three days a week and um, and then focusing more so on the intense side of things that's not necessarily going to be as appropriate as perhaps I used to, uh, oh, as I used to say, as I used to suggest for people. I definitely used to err uh, far, far, far further down the side of um, let's cut out, cut down the mileage. Let's get you running through this without, um, you know, w- without putting your body under too much dur- under too much undue stress and look after your knees. Blah blah blah. Depending on your injury history, rather than where I'm at now, which of course still the injury prevention side of things is important, of course still ramping up training volume gradually, making sure you have days where you're off, uh, weeks where you're you're offloading and you're adapting, recovering, all important. But now with the benefit of experience, I know that volume is so so important. Um, making sure that you can get enough miles in the legs consistently week in week out and to different people that's going to meet different things um but if you're a runner currently running three days a week and you're looking to um you're looking to make improvements is it a given kind of magic session that's going to make that change probably not in fact finding a way to consistently run four days a week is probably what's going to make that change if you're running four days a week perhaps running five days a week is the thing that's going to make that change it's again more so about building up that weekly volume rather than specifically looking for a given session which is going to be the magic bullet for you to uh, to make that breakthrough. So again moving on from um, that first point in which I have changed my thinking which is more coaching related let's move on to me as a runner a little bit more for this second point. So I used to run pretty much exclusively with headphones with music playing. That's for me especially when I came out of a rugby environment so it's quite funny even when I started working with runners back in 2006-2007 I um, I was still playing rugby you know at a, at a decent level you know even at that point um, you know, back in an earlier life I played full-time pro but at that point I was playing, playing semi-pro and um, and I was you know trying to make that transition over the next few years to to getting back into running something I loved as a kid or as a, a kind of a youth athlete for want of a better word, I, um, I I found that one of the big things for me that made running feel easier was to have music playing in my headphones. But one thing that I, and this ties actually into the third point, which I'll come on to later, but one thing I found that really started to um, cause a problem at that point is that my choice in music would force me, in fact, to run harder, run faster than I otherwise should be. Um, my tempo would match or my cadence rather would match the rhythm of the music um, and I'd find myself just hammering myself with each and every run which my body would object to um, whether it's having you know kind of sore knees sore, I struggled with a sore lower back when I uh, first started getting back into running in fact um, again getting a bit of consistency learning to to back off a little bit pace wise and be a bit more 
bit more gentle with myself, for want of a better word, is um, made, made all the difference in that respect. And of course, working on hip mobility to, to look after the whole lumbaropelvic hip region made such a difference. Um, but now what I do, I do still run. And if you see me out and about running, particularly if I'm doing a long run, you may well see me with headphones in. But I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks. They make such a difference to uh, to listening to music. I still find it helpful having that uh, that input, having that to you know, keep my brain busy. But what it does do is it keeps me away from trying to match my pace, match my cadence to a rhythm of the music. It also doesn't mask the sound of my breathing. I can still hear myself breathing, which from my point of view, being able to connect like that makes a lot of sense. It allows me to be a little bit more mindful in terms of the effort scale that I'm working on. So that's a, that's been a big, big difference uh, and has been very positive for me. Linked to that is the third thing that I've learned. And this is partially as a coach, partially as a runner. You know, it's certainly a personal experience. And, and kind of ironically, it's something that I knew from a coaching perspective, something that I knew academically and was passing on to my athletes far earlier than I actually felt like I got to grips with myself as a runner. And it's still, in fact, a bit of a work in progress, but I'm a load better than I used to be, which is learning to slow down. Learning to slow down to run faster um, has made such a difference. I've alluded to my rugby background, coming from a place where, um, particularly as a uh, particularly as a front five forward, those of you who understand rugby will know what I mean by that. Uh, my position dedicated that I was, you know, pretty much working at, um, think of it as kind of redlining, if you like, for 80 minutes from one breakdown to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, constantly working hard, constantly feeling like my legs were swimming with lactic acid. Um, and I was getting very used to, very accustomed to, um, to, to, to suffering in that respect, if you like, to, to being able to push through that discomfort as you're working anaerobically. So what I knew as a coach was as I was getting back into running, I'd have to, um, obviously, the vast majority of my, my mileage would have to be at a very easy pace, very, um, very aerobic, very comfortable, very controlled. However, because I was so used to pushing myself, so used to hurting, it wasn't until a few years down the line where I actually did some um, some testing in an exercise physiologist's lab. Um, I don't know why I slurred that word, but exercise physiologist's lab. I had it very, very clearly, very graphically shown to me that the pace and effort level where I felt that I was working aerobically, I felt I was working at an appropriately easy long run pace was in fact still more of a tempo effort um, for, for, for my own physio- physiology. So actually, I was working way too hard, putting myself through far too much, um, putting far too much stress and strain on my body when I was trying to go out and do those long, easy runs. It was really, really well shown to me quite how much from a heart rate perspective, I was having to dial things back. I was given very specific heart rate zones to work to. Um, In fact, I need to go back and get some more testing done. This was a few years ago now. But the point still remains. Learning to slow down and learning what that should feel like has made a real difference to my training. And you know what? For those first six weeks after that that testing session, I'd go out for those easy runs and I would mentally be fighting such a battle. I'd be thinking, at this easy pace, I might as well still be on the sofa. I might as well still be at home. This isn't doing anything for me. Um, and it was that mental, 
preconception that I had to change. The, the rugby guy in me who wanted to smash everything um, really had to make that change and learn. Actually, slowing it down, running easy, allowed me to build that underlying endurance, that aerobic base, which is still a work in progress, as it is with all of us. Um, but the most important thing is that I would learn that if I was going out and running, let's say I was going out and running 12 miles, I'd wake up the next morning and I'd feel good to do it all over again. Okay, where previously I'd had gone out and I'd tell myself, right, easy run. Let's keep it very conversational, very relaxed. I'd go and run that 12 miles and I'd wake up the next morning and my calves would hurt, my quads would be sore. Um, I'd gone and done a, a long tempo run. Of course, the next day's training would be very much impacted by that. Um, next couple of days' training would be very much impacted by that. Certainly not a positive thing. So learning to slow it down, learning how easy it should feel, and learning that I could wake up the next morning and I'm ready to go was an incredible learning point. And, uh, and a learning point which, from an, a runner's point of view, although I'm also a coach, from a runner's point of view, it actually taught me a hell of a lot in terms of what I should be expecting the athletes who I'm telling about all these things. This is the irony of it all. You know, I was in a position where I was telling people about these things and putting it into people's programs and explaining, yet I would be at a point where um, I still needed to fully kind of grasp what that should feel like for myself. Having gone through that, having fought those demons of saying I should be, oh, I might as well still be on the sofa when it felt too easy. Those things, getting over that has put me in a far stronger position to be able to have those conversations with other runners that I'm working with. So I'm very, very grateful to have gone through that experience um, and, and kind of, yeah, learnt, learnt that. Um, I'm definitely one for learning, learning by doing. So that's my three kind of things that I've changed outlook-wise over time on in terms of running. I'd be fascinated to know what you think. I'd be fascinated to know what changes you've made as you've become more experienced as a runner. Um, equally, coaches, physios out there, I'd love to know your thoughts as well. Do let me know on Twitter, so at Kinetic Rev on Twitter, same on Instagram, and of course over on the Kinetic Revolution Facebook page. Do let me know. I'm really enjoying doing these daily podcasts. As you can get a bit of a feel from this one, I'm just kind of allowing whatever is currently on my mind from a running perspective to uh, to come out. And I'm really enjoying the way in which these podcasts are becoming far more, I guess, far more personal and open than perhaps some of the more clinical, for want of a better term, um, content that goes up on the Kinetic Revolution page at times. So um, I'm really enjoying kind of being a bit more free and easy with with kind of my thoughts on this. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Do let me know if you are. Uh, of course, over on the iTunes store, you can give uh, this James Dunn show a rating and uh, leave your comments. And I'll be eternally grateful if uh, you felt like doing that. So yeah, thank you very much. I'll speak to you tomorrow, folks. Take care. Bye now.